for tuning in. You're listening to News Radio 92.3. This is the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. It is the Garden Line. We love Tuesday mornings here. I have Mike Wiggins. He has 40 years of landscaping experience and was the mayor of Pensacola. A long time ago. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. Thanks for remembering that. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing hearing fine. something. Did you enjoy Fiesta? I did. What are we hearing? I don't know. <laughs> We're hearing something. Um, I did. I enjoyed Fiesta. I was in the... Did you... Is that it over there? No. I don't know what it is. Hmm. You know what? Is it the TV? <laughs> We're going to figure it out this morning. We are. We're going to figure it out. We hear something. So if you hear something, let us know. We hear something playing in our ears, so I got to figure it out. But if you want to call or text in, it's 437 437- one six two zero. We'd be happy for you to call in. And Mike, you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the flower world, and I'm going to figure out what we're listening to. I, I will do just that. Thank um, you. One thing. One thing I wanted to mention of this morning, of course, is it's summertime. Big secret. Um, temperatures are in the 90s. Temperatures are in the 70s at night. And, is it just a second? Yeah. It was my phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're back. I was like, what, what? are we listening to? <laughs> I don't understand, but... <laughs> it's coming from you over it's there. It's my fault. <laughs> I was like, everything on the board looks exactly how it's supposed to, and I don't know what we're hearing, but we're hearing something. <laughs> wow. It was great. I love it. it we figured here. it out. Yay. We okay. It out. I can focus now. <laughs> Where were we? I think we were in summertime over here. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's funny. That's oh, funny. I love it. Tuesdays oh, are my favorite day. <laughs> I like Tuesdays also. <laughs> uh, in any event, um, it, it is summer. And, of course, during the spring, we've planted all our annuals and perennials and landscaped and all of that stuff, um, as we should have. Right. But as we get into the hot, hot summer, June, July, August, it's really a time to start and concern ourselves with protecting those things that we have planted that we enjoy in our yard. Mm-hmm. And um, there are various things we need to look out for. So I made me a little list oh, here um, of things that we need to um, start paying attention to, or let's put it at least this way, double attention to, because <laughs> some of them we always do. Um, and, and some of them, we'll start out with the, the real bad actors, um, the pests that um, mm. affect, let's say, our lawn. And the number one pest for St. Augustine lawns is um, chinch. Chinch bugs are bugs that just kind of suck the juices out of the plant. They manifest themselves um, really close to the street and close to the driveways and that type of thing because that's where the soil temperature is highest, and that's what they like because they're very, very tropical. Um, How do you notice them? Well, sometimes it's hard, but if you've got an area in your yard that looks like a dry spot, but you know it's not because you've watered good, it could easily be chinch bugs, and um, as we could go on for 30 minutes on how to um, identify them, but to make it a real long story short, dig a plug of grass, put it in a bucket of water, hold it down, and if these little black bugs with little, looks like gray wings, they don't even look like wings, just gray areas on their back, crawl up the sides of the bucket mm-hmm. in which you put that plug, you've got chinch bugs and you need to spray oh. for them. Ab- absolutely. So, so we need to look out for chinch bugs. 
the other act, bad actor, especially for St. Augustine, are sod webworms. We won't spend any time on that this morning because <laughs> it's too early. It's too early. It's too early to worry about them. They usually don't show until, oh, I'd say it's the earliest, maybe late July into August, even into September. And um, they're very easy to identify because you walk out in your lawn on a Monday and it looks absolutely gorgeous. You're real proud. It's a good-looking summertime lawn. You walk out on Tuesday, and it looks like a goat has gone through your yard oh, eating no. the grass, big notches in the blade. Um, and that's a worm that gets in there and does that. Easy to control. We'll hold off on that because um, it's just too early in the season for it. The next one, which is almost getting too late, is your mole crickets, which mm-hmm. are the little varmints that will undermine your grass, especially centipede grass here. Um, they'll undermine it, loosen the roots, and the grass dries out. Mm-hmm. You can usually see their trails. Um, but those are mole crickets, and you also need to treat those if you've got them. Um, mole crickets don't really damage St. Augustine grass because St. Augustine grass, the stolons, the growths, the blades, not the blades, but the um, stolons on which the blades appear mm-hmm. um, are real thick. And so the mole crickets, because they're burrowing under the grass, will hit that stolon and they can't go any further, and they'll go somewhere else. Uh-huh. So that's mole crickets. So the, those are the three bad insect actors that here we are in the summertime we need to pay attention to. But there's also fungus. And if you've got St. Augustine grass, you need to look for it every day. Brown patch fungus um, looks like it's a, it can be a circle. It can be a half a circle, kind of an arc, and it's brown and kind of greasy at the base. But a telling feature of that is you look on the edges of the fungus, of that brown spot, and it's burnt brown, kind of a burnt, light brown look. If you've got that, you've got fungus. Mm. Problem, you've got to spray it if you want to control it. Other problem is you've got to wait 48 hours of dry weather after you spray it. And in today's world, and to the way things are going in Pensacola right now uh-huh. with our thunderstorms, oh yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't have. You have a hard time finding time to do it, right? Or the right time to mm-hmm. do it. So that's fungus. One of the really bad news, and as we we're talking about things to pay attention to in the summer, and this is a tough one. Um, a new, not a new fungus. That's wrong. It's been around for a decade or so. It's called take-all fungus. We've mentioned that on mm-hmm. the show before, and the name says it all it, it takes, takes it all everything. it takes it mm-hmm. all and um, that i can't don't, be good and i have never read of a of a of a treatment that really can can control that and how you identify it um i think you need to probably take some of your samples up to the state the extension service that they oh. either identify it or send it off and, um, and see if you can identify that if for example you think you've got brown patch fungus and you've sprayed and sprayed and sprayed and still the spots get bigger and bigger and bigger um, that's that you know it may be that take all fungus. Mm-hmm. One other thing about fungus, Tammy, is that if you've got one of those spots we talked about, and it gets small and it gets bigger, and you spray it, get a a, a golf tee uh-huh. or a number two pencil makes no difference, and put it right on the edge of that where that discoloration is, and then you spray it. If that discoloration, the spot, if you will gets even bigger after you spray it, it gets past your marker, then you got to spray it again mm. and just kind of keep going until you got it under control. And so that's, those are, those are four bad actors, pinch bugs. But yeah. there's some other things 
that we need to pay attention to in, in the summer. And, of course, the easy one to say is lack of water. I have I looked the other day. I went around. I was doing some walking with some friends we, on Saturday morning, and a, there's a zoysia lawn mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. Brand new. Just put it in in the last, oh, say, six months. Just browning out, browning uh-huh. out. And it's, it's not fungus. It's not bugs. It's lack of water. And the investment on that zoysia grass or any sod that you put in is so enormous. Um, but lack of water can take that investment all the way away. So mm. you really need to, to get that So how water. much should you water in the week, well, depending that's, on the that's, weather? That's a great question. I, I always say, as a rule, this time of year, at least three times a day, at least 30 minutes. If you live in Gulf Breeze. Three times a day or a week? No, 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 no. Three times a week. I'm okay. sorry. Three times a week. <laughs> that's yeah, a lot saying, of water. Yeah, that's a lot of water. Um, yeah, no, three times a week. Um, if you're in Gulf Breeze, you may want to do it a little bit more. If you live up mm-hmm. um, near Milton, you could probably do it a little bit less. Just the nature of the soil that we have in those areas. But you need to watch out for it. And, of course, these afternoon thunderstorms um, are really kind of good. Yeah. It gives us, gives us a lot of free water. But... Three times a week at least, okay. get that water on there. And you can always tell, your grass will tell you if it needs water because a St. Augustine grass or centipede um, will fold up, just like you're okay. folding your hands up to pray. And when it folds up like that, you got to say, no matter what I'm doing, mm-hmm. i got to give it some uh, more. Absolutely. You're listening to News Radio 92.3. This is the Pentacle Expert Panel. It is the Garden Line. We are going to get your, to your questions after the break. If you have a question, Welcome back. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. It is the Garden Line. I'm here with Mike Wiggins. You can call or text your questions to 437-1620. We have quite a few, but what do you think of that Jackson Brown song? Well, that's my absolute favorite version of that song. I have a good friend who listens to us all the time and says, you're playing the wrong version. <laughs> it should be Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs. I said, no, it's my show. We're playing, we're playing Jackson <laughs> Brown because it's some... Anyway, we, Mike's we, like, it's we, my we, show. we argue about that all the time. So, <laughs> we're anyway, having Jackson Brown. If you're listening, um, that was Jackson Brown. With a little revenge on the <laughs> little revenge, Maurice I love Williams it. from last Whatever week. I can do to help you. You did a great job. <laughs> You're the best. So we have a few questions we'll get to oh, right good, now. Good, good. Um, a friend text in, crepe myrtle and pot, roots crowding. Is it too hot? I think I need to put it in the ground. And I showed the picture to me. Well, I think you're absolutely right. But let me tell you one reason it's easy to diagnose a problem. The picture showed uh, a small crepe myrtle and a lot of the leaves on the edges of the leaves we're turning brown. Mm-hmm. When the edges of leaves turn brown, that is generally environmental. In other words, too hot, too dry, too wet, too mm-hmm. cold, something on that order. It's when those internal spots inside the leaf are on the surface of the leaf, not on the edge, um, are there, is generally a sign of fungus for the most part. But these are showing signs of dryness. Okay. If it's in a pot, and it is, that's what the texture said, 
it the roots it could be so root bound that it's just not able to absorb the water that you're putting on it. I would um, get it into the ground. I would use some organic material such as a Canadian sphagnum peat moss in the holes that will hold some water. And if those roots are wound around, just kind of have circled the root ball, kind of loosen them up. I tell people sometimes if you want to get a box cutter and just kind of strip those roots, you, a lot of new new gardeners say, oh, no, you know, you're damaging the plant, mm-hmm. um, loosening those roots. They very gingerly put the plant into the hole. No, loosen those roots because that way it can get all the water and nutrients that it deserves. So thanks for the picture. Yeah, thanks. thanks for the picture. Um, yeah. But um, that's that, um, a lot of us face that mm-hmm. as far as that browning on the edges when we know we um, – have to replant or at least re- put more water on it. Yes. Our friend Ann Texton, my orange tree uh, leaves are curling and have a white coating beginning on them. Also, something is nibbling on the leaves. I bought this one year ago, and it is still in its original pot. I water it daily. I use miracle Grow to fertilize it weekly, and it has done. It has a dozen oranges on it. Thanks, Mike. Love the garden line. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I think you've got a little insect problem on there, mm-hmm. which, quite frankly, if it's not... Um, affecting the uh, the production on the tree, if it's just a few leaves curling up, and aphids can do that. Um, the white um, material she's showing is very indicative of that. Um, you can spray it with a citrus insecticide. Be sure whatever you spray it with is labeled for citrus because you don't want to spray it with something that um, you, know, you can't spray on edible plants. You could do that, but. If it's not out of hand, if you're still getting good production and it's only a leaf or two here or there, um, you're going to get insects nibbling on the leaves. It just happens um, in Pensacola this time of year. Um, that's, that's how I so would handle it. As long as it's it. not affecting the production. Yeah, as long as, long as you're yeah. getting produce on it and as long as the, the tree overall health is good, mm-hmm. um, you might just um, let it go. You might also, sometimes these worms will get on citrus mm-hmm. and you see them. And the best control for that is... Pick them off. Pick them off. Now, if it if you keep getting the nibbling on your plants and you really want to control it, we talked about this last week. There's a material called BT, Bacillus thuringiensis, which is um, organic. It's an organic um, insecticide that kills, controls worms. Okay. And you could use that if you okay. if you wanted something really safe. Uh, Paul with Blue Sky Landscaping said, "Good morning, Mike and Tammy. Good what morning, Paul." What do you say, Paul? I see your trucks everywhere. <laughs> Man, they're, they're all over the place. Paul's always a good listener. He is. Texas, and I love it. Exactly. And, Paul, how's our Apple Yard project going? Where Paul put in almost 200 sun patients. Really? It looks like. Can we have a picture, please? I tell I, this every, I say this every time. I need pictures, Paul. Hey, oh, yeah. Paul, send us a picture because it's, yes. it's one of the most gorgeous landscapes I've ever seen. And, and he said uh, there's no cure for takeoff. None. None. Ab- none. Ab- absolutely. The problem, Paul would probably agree with me, I think, is to identify takeoff. You know, is it um, brown patch fungus or is it take-all fungus? It's hard to um, identify because if your grass is deteriorating and you don't have those tell-all say uh, signs of black um, of the fungus that has the rhizoctonia look to it, you know, it's hard to tell the difference. Absolutely. 
We have a few seconds left, about 40 seconds. Um, mole crickets, how do I prevent Toby from digging them up and bringing them in the house? They are terrifying. <laughs> well, Thank you so I, much for texting in. I would be terrified as well. Well, I would give Toby a raise. He's <laughs> good job, Toby. I mean, good job, Toby, for, for, getting that, can... for getting that mole cricket. That's right. Exactly. No, if you want to take care of them in your yard, um, a general granular insecticide is usually okay. pretty good. Now, they're very active in the very first of June is kind of when they reproduce. Um, and so you, that's when mole crickets are really active. Um, we we'll give it a little time. I think they'll probably not be as much of a problem. But um, I would put the insecticide out. Now, this, this is a, a great comment because Toby is going to get that mole cricket. If you've got Toby out in the yard going after mole crickets, don't use the insecticide. Just let Toby take control here, <laughs> uh, or keep Toby off of it, which I'm yeah. sure he doesn't want to do that. So I, you have to be careful with your pets, mm-hmm. especially you spray fungicide or you spray insecticide, um, and then you water them in. But still, uh, your your dogs or your cats get out there and get it on their feet. Oh, yeah. um, you just don't want that to happen. Right. So you, you um, so just be careful with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We have a few more questions, and we have sure. Keith on the phone. We need to take a quick break, and we'll get to your questions right after the break. Sounds good. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. I'm here with Mike Wiggins for the Garden Line. That's an old Garden Line favorite. Hot fun in the summertime by Sly and the Family Stone. It's great. It's Thanks awesome. Thanks for playing that. Yeah, great. it's great. Thank you for suggesting it. If you want to text or call, 437-1620. Right now we have Keith on the phone. Good morning, Keith. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Mr. Wiggins, I have a question regarding crepe myrtles. Yeah, man. Um uh, Several of my crepe myrtles this year, the leaves have already turned a copper color and fallen off, and I read somewhere that it could be the result of some sort of a fungus. And my question is, from your experience, is this something terminal, or will this kind of just correct itself this season, and hopefully next season they'll come back with good foliage and good blooms? Right. I, I, that, is, that is a great question because that is a, really is a very unusual situation great myrtles obviously this time of year are just you know growing like wildfire and getting ready to bloom if have if they haven't already all over town um i think what you may be facing could easily be a fungus but that's the bad news the good news is if they're falling if they're falling off the tree that's probably good because that means the tree is truly trying to heal itself that's not a very scientific um, observation, but that's what happens. If those leaves had stayed brown and had stayed on that tree and got crinkly brown, if you will, you'd be in trouble. I think you're probably going to be okay. I would cont- I would do this. A little fungicide would not hurt if you could spray it with that. I would be sure your water is good, and um, and let's just wait it out. But I think you may be okay. I think I may come back. I awesome. hope so. Thank you so much for calling Thank in, you, Keith. Keith. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. We are going to take a quick break here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We have a Fox News update followed by a local news update in our newsroom. Get your questions in, 437-1620. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel here on News Radio 92.3. We are informative, local, and dependable. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. I'm here with Mike Wiggins with the Garden Line. It's always a fun Tuesday morning, it is Mike. Fun. I always oh, look forward to this day. I do, I do too. Thank we you. always have great listeners who send us awesome questions. If you have a, a comment, a question, please text or call 437-1620 this morning. Um, let's see. Glassy winged sharpshooter. Oh, there's a picture. Let me give that like, to you. Oh, like glassy winged sharpshooter? Yeah. I've been in the business a long time. I've never really heard of a sharpshooter. Interesting. 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 Yeah. So, let's see. The question was. What do you do about it? Yeah. What do you do about sharpshooters? Wow. That's. It says, what can I put on my vegetable garden that will control glassy winged sharpshooters? I'm not a huge fan of herbicides. Okay. Uh, insecticide is what you would need. Herbicides are for weeds. Um, insecticides are for bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would do, I don't know really of any organic material to control that. Here's what I would do. I would use the least toxic insecticide I could find, and I would recommend to you 5% seven dust. Huh. Not It's S-E-V-I-N. 5% seven dust. It's been around for ever i mean for almost a century uh-huh. and it comes at five percent it comes at ten percent don't use the ten percent use the five percent follow precautions of course but of all the insecticides um especially on vegetable gardens and that type of thing five percent seven dust is good i believe you can still buy it also in a liquid form uh-huh. but i think most of the folks over the years have used the dust it comes in a little five pound bag we used to sell it for $0.99. Cents. <laughs> I'm sure it's about $10 nowadays, but it's um, it'll work. Oh, awesome. It'll work on that sharpshooter. Our friend sent us a picture of a mole cricket, and let me tell you, I would be running for my They're life. Pr- they look primitive, too. don't they? They, they are scary looking. <laughs> they are scary looking. And you know they can fly? You know, no, mole, mole that's even fly. worse. I've had people tell me I'm fishing, <laughs> I'm fishing in the Gulf and up, up, you know, pops a mole cricket. Yeah, they can fly, but they will just kind of walk across your patio and uh, when you know you've got them, they they're fearless, and they, and they are hard, and they are hard to kill. A little terrifying. But every, every <laughs> university that has a school of agriculture has worked for years and years and years mm-hmm. for mole cricket control. Really. Um, organic control, um, whatever they could come up with, and I don't really believe anybody's ever found the perfect solution. We're lucky that they really don't bother St. Augustine grass, and they're lucky that. We're lucky that we some of our insecticides will help control them. And this is the time of the year. As I say, they're reproducing. So if you're going to go after them, now would be the time. But if you've got that puppy out there gathering up bowl crickets, he's going to be up to live with it. Now, now, extra water will help. Keep in mind, they're, doing, they're burrowing up under the grass and loosening those sprigs of grass, if you will. So extra water will help those roots uh, heal, if you will, regenerate. So uh, that that would be a total organic way to, to Okay, control. yeah, very good. And uh, Mike um, would like, I'm, uh, no, I'm sorry, Paul would like to know, Mike, is there any flowers that can be planted this time of year? I know it's late, but I thought I'd try. Oh, sure. Oh, oh no, there, there really are. Um, one I really like that um, is, of course, a perennial, Lantana. Lantana loves, loves hot weather. And um, I've got some dwarf yellow lantana that are just blooming their hearts out. You can plant it right now. Another annual that's great is portulaca. 
<laughs> or I just love how you know all I know, these no, no, things. No, no, no. I just love no, it. I know. My friends say I make them up. <laughs> I know. It does sound a little <laughs> made know, up, but I, I believe know, you. I know, no, but there's another name for portulaca. It's called moss rose. And it's um, kind of a succulent plant, really. And it's very low, very low growing. It kind of vines out and has all these different colored blooms on it. It's a yeah. great plant. I think it's, I don't think it's used enough. It's, it's one of those plants, if you've got a tall plant in a pot, uh-huh. um, put some portulaca around the base and it'll give you some color and some vining. It really is a, a good plant. I'll tell you another one you could plant now and is vinca, periwinkle. Mm-hmm. Remember last last was it two weeks ago we talked about red white and blue plants, whereas the vinca, uh, the vinca has got a white bloom, with a little red dot in the center of it. Loves the hot weather. As a matter of fact, I think we talked about this last week. You never should plant vinca too early uh-huh. because it'll rot. It gets a fungus. But right now in the hot weather, perfect plant to plant. Awesome. So there there are a lot of plants you can plant, and um, I think Paul would agree. That some of those sun patients are well, good Well, Paul too. said blue days. Blue days is a great choice. It's a great. It loves the hot weather too. So yes, there there are a lot of choices out there. There really are. Um, your um, local garden center, our friend Larry out at Pensacola Seed Garden, I bet would be happy to give you a tour of his hot weather plants. No doubt about it. So we had uh, Chris White from Pensacola Butterfly Enthusiast Group. Please don't tell people to kill giant swallowtail caterpillars. They eat citrus leaves. You make margaritas and caterpillars pupate to the largest butterfly in North America. Huh. I'm confused. <laughs> no, I think what he's saying, and that's, that's a very good point, is that I think some of those caterpillars, of course, well, you know, will make butterflies. and um, So I guess he's saying don't. Don't pick them off if you've got them on your citrus. Oh, a caterpillars pupate to the largest butterfly in North America. Exactly. Can you send us a picture of the largest butterfly in North America? And, and what Chris? do you call? What, would, what do you call that yes, butterfly? And what do you call it? Thank, well, I love it. Thanks for texting. I think a, it's great. Not a, I don't. It's not a monarch, surely, but um, maybe uh, they, he oh, he knows. I can tell he knows butterflies. I really don't. But and um, I've never heard of the Pensacola Butterfly Enthusiast Group, so I need to know about oh, well, that as well. Now. You know, you've got all you know. Down at Navarre, I think they still, I don't know if they still have the Butterfly House down there, which was, they took yeah. school children down there, took groups and such to go down and so, watch, watch the butterflies. When I was in Key West, there's a butterfly, um, you walk in and the butterflies yes, are flying yes, all same thing, around same you. Thing. Yeah, it's really exactly. cool. Exactly. No, they've been butterfly enthusiasts huh. in Pensacola for a long time. They do a great job. And not only do they, you know, want to protect, you know, the Take, you know, don't kill the worm, mm-hmm. but they also could probably recommend to us what they think we should plant flower-wise to draw in the butterflies. And I would I think it would be that. most anything red, like a red hibiscus mm-hmm. comes to mind, something like that. Um, but maybe they could tell us what, the, what they would recommend for us to plant in order to encourage butterflies to come into mm-hmm. our yard. Or maybe bring the hummingbirds back. i got to tell you something. <laughs> I gotta, and i got to tell you something. Okay. Remember our conversation last week, which went on for a long yes. time, a long time, about hummingbirds? Hummingbirds, yeah. And, uh, I haven't had any. My friends haven't had one hummingbird for the last, almost the last month. But guess what? At my house on Friday, Did you have I looked out on my patio. I still had my hummingbird feeder up there. Mm-hmm. And there's one 
lone oh hummingbird. did you take a picture no i didn't no. take a picture i just kind of went out and he flew away I hadn't seen another one since so i don't know i think i, the, I think he came a, to visit you from our conversation he either came to visit or he was i'm confused <laughs> <laughs> one of the two, one of the two it's finding nemo in like the hummingbird world <laughs> you're a little anyway, lost you're anyway, still down south they'll be back just like our listeners told us last week i love the, the listener last week gave us the chart i love that yeah oh, that was a great chart so if you look at it, you say, well, they're in Canada right now. So Yeah. But, but they'll be back. They'll be back. Um, a friend text in, no, the Butterfly House has moved to Milton. Oh, really? Oh, that's a good advice. Very good. Mm-hmm. Do they know where in Milton or just in Milton? And is it called the Butterfly House? I don't know. I don't know either. Don't know. <laughs> we should know more. <laughs> We're the experts, right? I mean, you're the expert, but <laughs> he's flipping through. We need to learn more about butterflies. That's and for sure. We got to talk about bird watching too, because I heard that there's bird watching oh, enthusiasts in Pensacola as well. And yeah. I wouldn't mind having that on the show at some point, because I want to know more about I it. I got so. some. I got some friends in that group, and I'd be you? glad to give you. Some okay, names. perfect. Oh, they they could help you out. They love to talk about what they do. They go out. Oh, yay! They go out. To the beach, go out in the woods, go everywhere. I want to know all um, about it. <laughs> I'm watching, you know, doing bird watching, which is kind of a cool, really hobby, I think. I, I think, think it's pretty neat, too. We're going to take a quick break here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Like I said, if you have a question, comment 437-1620. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, You're having a fantastic Tuesday morning. It is 948 here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. I'm here with Mike Wiggins with the Garden Lines. Always a fun morning. Thank you so much for listening and texting in your questions, your comments. We truly appreciate it. And we just played some Elvis Presley. That's always fun. Elvis likes our show. He shows up. He does. Up, he, he shows, shows up, up a time. lot. He really does. Yes. And I want to say hi to Miss Rita because she listens to our show and she we appreciate was so it. So nice. So mm-hmm. such a nice person. I love that. Um, let's see. The Butterfly House is in Milton across the street from the Railroad Depot Museum. Okay, that's good. Oh, that's, thanks. That's good. Thank you very much for that. I, yeah. I think um, a great place for kids, great place for grandchildren huh. to go and look at the butterflies. Oh, you're we, right, Tim. You can walk in there and the butterflies flutter all around you. Right. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, the Butterfly House in Baghdad. Let's see. And then let's, oh, thank you so much. Bruce sent us the link to it. Perfect. Very good. The Panhandle Butterfly House and Nature Center. Fun and it's summertime, so if you want to take the grands or kids over there, that would be great. Four nine six six Henry Street, Milton, Florida. Thank you so much for texting that in. Thanks, thanks for that. We appreciate it. Okay, so let's see here. Milkweed is the only plant monarch caterpillars can eat. Let's see. I am reading what they sent me. That's probably that's probably true. Giant swallowtail butterfly. That's 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 the one that's so large. Did you say the largest butterfly? Giant swallowtail. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed a text at the beginning. Um, plant milkweed <laughs> for monarchs, parsley, dill, fennel, or eastern swallowtails. Um, that's what we were saying. What do you plant to bring the f- butterflies? Milkweed is good. Milkweed, um, I do know this. I'm not a butterfly expert, but I do know that a lot of enthusiasts plant milkweed you know, for, for butterflies. And um, that's great. Well, that's good I to, love that's good seeing to know. butterflies. I mean, they're just always one of those things that you just stop and look at them. Yeah. Every you time. You're like, oh, it's a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about bird watching. So you have friends that are bird watchers. 
Oh, I do. Oh, no. They, they're very active. The Audubon Society here in Pensacola. What's it called? The Audubon Society. Maybe that's just my name for it. but Audubon. Audubon. Society. I'm writing this down. Okay, very good. Because maybe our um, listener would, would like to hear about bird watching. I think it's neat. I think um, I know some people who do that who would be great um, visitors to one of your shows. Yeah, I think I it'd think, be fun. I think people would find it We could have bird watching Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think of a day for that. We got, we it got, doesn't rhyme, so we got, I gotta figure it. We got we got Wiggins here trying to kill the worms. <laughs> <laughs> you got the, you know, you know. And then you have the birds <laughs> and the butterflies. We're getting all a little confused. Oh, it's it's okay. a little confusing, but that's okay. It's all good. So we were talking earlier about um, summertime. Yeah, we were. We were talking about um, it being summertime mm-hmm. and trying to um, protect our investment, which is quite frankly with the price of plants and mm-hmm. planting materials and all of that nowadays yeah, it's, is, so expensive. it's so expensive um, we want to protect what we've got and uh, we listed some of the bugs you've got to protect yourself from the chinch bug and sod webworm mole crickets and and fungus um and we talked about water um that that is just so critical and it's um a lot of us will go on vacation maybe gone a week or so and mm-hmm. you go a week of 90 degree temperatures and no rain in pensacola um some of your plants just aren't going to do that well, so find somebody maybe either if you don't have an automatic system, somebody who can kind of turn on that sprinkler and kind of leave it set, so somebody just has to come and turn it on for you. Um, that would be a good idea. You know, one other thing that I like to do, Tammy, mm-hmm. um, we um, have talked about tropicals, um, and a bush daisy is one of my favorite plants to plant in the summertime. It loves the sun, mm-hmm. but a bush daisy in my yard is what I call a signal plant. When the bush daisy Leaves kind of start to curl a little bit. I know that everything needs water. Oh. And you just water the bush daisy. It just perks right back up. But I, I always, it's one of the first plants I look at when I walk out into my backyard is that bush daisy. And if it looks a little dry, I better get the hose out and go to work. You know, you could have a whole nother income just going to people's housing and check out houses and check out all their plants and tell them what to do to fix it. <laughs> Well, you should start that, that up. <laughs> I kind of did that for a long Did time. you? <laughs> but, yeah. Is that called landscaping? I don't that's know. That's kind of what that's called. Exactly. I don't know. I'm just exactly. saying. It would, exactly. it would be fun. But I would miss you, so no, you can't do that. Oh, no. So. no we're not, we're not going to do that. Okay. Um, let's go down the list here of things we have to watch out for. Okay. Um, there's an old saying, um, not an old saying, a saying that the state of Florida uses all the time, right plant in the right place. And if you have the right plant in the wrong place, you can have problems. In other words, a pure sun plant. I look at like impatience, shade impatience. Well, you put those in the full blaring sun, they're just not going to do very well. Uh-huh. So every plant you plant, you need to check on, does it want full sun? Does it want semi-sun? Does it want um, And they usually have that on the card, do. don't nowadays, they, which is helpful. Nowadays, they do have it on the card. Uh-huh. You're absolutely right. So you've got to be careful with the plants that you purchase will go into the location where you want them insofar as shade and sun because it can make all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you do. A lot of the tropicals, for example, are pure sun, hibiscus, mandevilla, um, the bush daisy I like so much, crotons, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Crotons, though, is one that can take some semi-shade. So you just need to ask your nurseryman or call us and ask us here on the mm-hmm. garden line what um, plants you want to plant in a certain place because that can – that can ruin your investment very quickly if you put the right plant in the wrong place. 
Also, lack of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Let's look at St. Augustine grass, for example. Uh-huh. Um, you need to be sure you put that midsummer feeding on there. Very important. Centipede grass, you put something different. You put some organic material on midsummer, not that high nitrogen. So you've got a, either lack of nutrition or using the wrong nutrition mm-hmm. can give you problems in the summer. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mike is updating us on things to do for summertime. It's getting hot. You know, we have plants. We don't want them to die or we want to make sure everything's growing, looking good. So he's right on top of it. We love all your expertise. If you have a question or a comment, 437-1620, we're going to take a quick break and we are going to get to a couple of questions. Every time it rains, it rains. Panties from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains panties from Welcome heaven. back. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel. I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday morning. We have Mike Wiggins with us, the Garden Line. It's been a great morning. Thank you so much for texting in your questions, your comments. We look forward to hearing from you every single week. Um, did you like that? That was a good song. Well, you know, that's an old song, but I'll tell you, I love it. Mike knows every, I, I'll turn on a song for, there used to be a game show about this. You turn on a song name for that, a couple of seconds. Name that knows, tune. Name that tune, yeah. Name that tune, And right. then he knows the name of the people. You're so no, good. No, no, no. No, no, not really. I've got, I've got some friends who are much better. Really? Oh, they <laughs> We should have a game song. show one day. Why not? Bring them on. I can bring them on yeah, here. Though. That's awesome. So we have a few questions real quick. We have a couple of minutes left. Paul said, be careful with milkweed for monarchs. There is a variety that is toxic to them. Make sure to do the research on the species of milkweed you plant. And he said, bush daisies are gorgeous. So thank you, Paul, for that. There's no doubt. Now, talk to your local nurseryman about the milkweed. I always thought milkweed was milkweed. Mm-hmm. But if there's different varieties okay. um, that have different effects, um, ask your nurseryman. Absolutely. And Mike said, thank you so much for texting in, Mike. I do pest control and these giant swallowtail were eating a customer's lime tree. And I have to tell you, that looks terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It does. I was like, look at this. Is it a worm? Is that what it is? Well, I was just going to say, if if you've got these worms eating Uh big notches out of the leaves on your citrus and you don't want to kill them, Mm -hmm. you could probably pick them off, put them in a jar, and take them somewhere else. That. Okay, I don't think I touch them, but okay. (laughs) Tammy saw that picture. You can do that for me. Tammy saw that picture and says, not me, buddy. Not today. (laughs) Um, We do have another question. We'll get to after we uh, um, end because we don't have time, but it's worms on my young lemon tree. What is the best treatment? And I'll send you a text message, but thank you for texting in. Again, every Tuesday morning we have the garden line, so think of your questions through the week. Get back to us next Tuesday. Thank you so much.